Welcome to the Spiritually Intimate Podcast, a podcast exclusively for people who wake up every morning, meditate, do yoga, and spend the rest of their day saving baby whales. (laughs) Not. The Spiritually Intimate Podcast is for women who boldly pursue love, success, and a higher vision of life for themselves and those that they influence. We're your hosts, Andrew Crowder and Blair Dreesen. Join us for unfiltered, unsupervised, and possibly unsubstantiated conversations about when spirituality meets life, love, sex, and career. Let's go to the show. Welcome back to Spiritually Intimate Conversations. I am your host, and then I am my co-host on the line with me, Blair Dreesen. My name is Andrea Crowder. If this is your first time hanging with us, uh, welcome. Make sure you hit subscribe. Thank you for being here. And today, I asked Blair if we could do something fun and have her interview me and Jessica Scott and Melissa Lapides and talk about parenting and frequency and what those two have in relation to each other and why we should care more about it. So I'm going to hand it over to Blair and let her lead the way. (laughs) Which is going to be really fun because I feel like typically if you've been listening to the show for a while, it's kind of more of a... Andrea kind of is leading and that's just kind of always been our dynamic. So we, even when we were like, we're going to open up the call, who wants to start? I'm like, Andrea, you may start. <laughs> I'm the bossy pants of the little work wife. <laughs> I wouldn't say bossy pants. Let's I just, be honest. No, it's never bossy. And I love it. I love that you lead because I think that that just, it opens up for me to then just kind of go where I need to go. You kind of lead and I just kind of, it's not a following. It's a, it's a give and take. Relationship totally. or bossy? I don't feel like we have to explain <laughs> ourselves to anyone. <laughs> no, we never do. But uh, okay, so starting off really what I would want to hear is just a little bit more about each of you guys, especially for our audience that is new, um, even for Andrea, if this is the first time listening, a little bit about Andrea and Melissa and Jessica so that everybody can kind of learn a little bit more about you guys and even how you guys came to be uh, creating this course together. Totally. I feel like we should kick it off with Jess because you're the first person that hasn't been on the podcast. So let's introduce Jessica Scott first. Say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this course because it has been kind of in the back of my mind in the making, just in my own business for probably about four years. People have been asking for this type of material from me and I don't know why exactly. I guess it just wasn't time, but I always put it off until these two women came into my life and it was just the perfect time. So I have been coaching women for about six years now, first in fitness, health, and then I made the transition when I guess I kind of started having like a breakdown knowing that it wasn't just all about my physical body. So I started doing the deep inner work to heal... um, things that I had been really just ignoring that whole therapy uh, or my working out is my therapy that only will take you so many years until you're like crying in the corner and needing to do some sort of internal work. And so um, I have a daughter who's five and throughout my journey of doing this internal work, as she's gotten older, I really started to attune myself to the present moment instead of chasing all these huge goals that I have had um, when I was running my fitness business 
And in that present moment, being mindful, I found a lot of transformation just in noticing how I was being in that moment. So I started creating courses around getting women who most of the time are running from the present moment and numbing the present moment to um, really attune them to the present moment and see what gifts are in the here and now. And what I love to do is take the everyday and turn it into the extraordinary with someone who is no longer running. And they're able to say, wherever I'm at, there's something for me here. And if I'm conscious enough, if I'm aware enough, if I'm tuned in enough, I'm going to find it. And the reason I'm here is for a purpose and I don't have to run from it. So this can be really taken from parenting to if we have a partner, to our friendships, our business, wherever we're at. And it's my passion to really show women how this delicate dance is done instead of just this mechanical chasing goals without seeing what's actually right here in front of us. I love love that that. so much. And the common denominator between Jess and I is that she's the co-CEO of Sacred. So you guys know that um, I'm a part of that company as well. And that's how we ended up meeting. And then Melissa is kind of also a common denominator between the two of us because she coaches both of us or she has coached both of us. So welcome back to the show, Melissa. Look how fast I took over, <laughs> Blair. <laughs> I'm like, wait, <laughs> who's interviewing? It's, it's totally fine. You know me. I'm like, whatever. It's not bossy pants. <laughs> I can't even stop it. <laughs> I was put on this so funny initiative. <laughs> okay. Melissa, who's my therapist and will help me work through this later. <laughs> oh. Is also a common denominator. So please introduce yourself as well. (laughs) Hi, I'm Melissa Lapidus. So my background is in marriage and family therapy, integrative psychology. And what's so interesting is I'm just remembering that the first night I ever met Andrea and Jess, we sat at a dinner table and had this conversation about parenting and how the entire realm of parenting needs to be rearranged into a whole new paradigm. And we literally went off on a tangent for like an hour in this topic. And here we are sitting here together, watching this dream come into fruition. Um, I have three kids, 18, 14, and 11, and they kicked my ass into moving out of every single box that I thought I was supposed to put them in and that I was supposed to be in myself as a parent. And so it's been this unraveling of the old paradigm and the generational dysfunctions that I didn't even know I had until I knew, you know, I knew I had some of them, but it's like the more refinement that you are able to work through, there's just more and more layers of it. And so it's so awesome and such an honor to be sitting here with all of you guys watching this really unravel because I know that this is born from a deep passion that was a commonality in all of us that came right out within minutes the first time we sat together. I forgot about that. 
It's funny because I think the very first conversation you and me had, Melissa, we also started going into a conversation about parenting and raising our children and the things that we've experienced. And then when we had you actually on the podcast as well, we got into a really good conversation about parenting as well. Like this is definitely a topic that needs to be talked about so much. And so that's why I love this course. I feel like it's just coming at such a, the perfect time for people because they're becoming more awake and more conscious about healing themselves. And now they're kind of like, Oh, but how can I roll this over into like parenting my children? Yeah. Especially when there's such a tight system that's already laid out for the way that we're supposed to be doing it. So once, you know, it's easy for an adult, not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy. It's easier for an adult to step out of the system, but with a child, like this is, there's many more, um, regulations and rules that we're literally like bound to by the state, by the government. There's so much that binds us to raise them in a certain way. So this is a new path that we're, that we're leading and paving. And it's such an exciting topic because I feel like the more momentum we gain here, the more power we have to really make this a huge transformation. And for me, I feel like my drive has come from spending so many years coaching women to create businesses. And the thing that always gets in our way are our core beliefs about ourselves. And I think that what I've seen is so, I want to say 98% of the people that I've coached over the years have a very limited understanding of their emotional intelligence or awareness. They have a limited understanding of energy and how that affects the body and how our subconscious really, you know, makes the majority of our decisions for us. And we don't even realize why we do some of the things that we do and beat ourselves up for some of the things that we do. And I think, my my initial like drive in business was I wanted to help people like just with like their health and fitness, but I really saw this opportunity to create generational change. So it started with a small, I guess not small, it's a big topic. It started with food. How can I teach women to care more about what it was that they were putting into their body for their energy, for their moods, and then teach that importance to their children. And then that purpose, I guess, that deeper purpose was then me transitioning to helping people from a mindset perspective overcome the things that are getting in their way. So I guess we're all coaches in our own respect, just kind of niched down slightly differently, um, depending on you know which of us you're talking to. But it's called all come back to this purpose of wanting to help women. And I think my, my understanding of that was that if I can help the mom see the world differently, the children will see it faster. Like the generational change will happen so fast because the mom is the one that's typically creating the dynamic that is going on in the home. And that's where I had to start. But now here we are again, specifically talking about parenting. It's not food anymore. It's parenting and frequency and energy and really getting, I didn't even understand what alchemy was back in the day. So back then it was just, how can I make people feel better with food? Now, what I've learned over the years, it's like, we can actually get at this in a completely different way, a way that feels better, feels less like punishment and feels more like nourishment and create these like incredible 
lasting relationships with our children where they want to do things that are good for them. We're not having to fight with them over their own. It's like, it's not the battle of wills. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Your, their essence. And the good for Yeah, them. I was just sharing on a story earlier today that when a woman starts to wake up and starts to become more conscious, like her own journey with herself is how she allows her child to become itself, right? We're not prescribing who they should be so much as we're helping them grow into and discover at the same time, like parallel Kind of, she's discovering it in real time and so am I because I don't know who she's going to be, right? I'm not going to prescribe to her she's, who she's going to be. We're both discovering it. And so the, the extent to which you're available for your own self-discovery beyond that which you've been prescribed, which I was a people pleaser for years, I abandoned and neglected all, I'm using my fingers, quote, quote unquote, scary or bad emotion in favor of, you know, plastered positivity smile face because I was terrified of it, right? Um, So only to the extent of us being able to get into the realness of like, what's going on? We're not going to be telling our kids, this is who you have to be and or running away from or making them feel like there's something wrong with them when they're feeling difficult emotions, which are, you know, shame and struggle and fallibility, which are things that as humans were hardwired for. So it wasn't until I took myself to those places, which can be really daunting and scary, um, that I started to understand that um, parenting is almost just like another offshoot of growing my own consciousness and my ability to hold that space for her. It's just amazing. This is so important for women, especially to be hearing. I think that's ultimately what kind of started me on my journey. It was, I wasn't feeling good enough. I wasn't a good enough mom. I wasn't good enough wife. I, I wasn't liking myself and I had to start taking better care of myself in order to be able to showing up and be the better mom that I wanted to be and the better wife that I wanted to be and to feel better about myself, but it really put me putting myself first, where I think a lot of women are running ragged on putting everyone else before them. And then they're trying to figure out like why they're feeling so depleted at the end of the day and why they don't feel like a good mom at the end of the day. And they then start comparing themselves to all the other moms and all the other women all around them. And they get stuck in that cycle of having to do for everyone else versus realizing that they're going to be able to show up better for everyone else and be able to do the things they want to do if they would just slow down and just start caring for themselves. And like, for me, it did start with just like the basic of like, it'll feel good if I just start working out and I should start eating better. And then it slowly started evolving into like deeper spiritual growth work and really doing like deeper healing work on myself. But ultimately it all stemmed from really me making me the main focus and so with that being said, like with the course, like, can you kind of like, give me like a, a lay of the land of like what, like, like what the course experience is going to be like for a mom who's thinking like, this is something she wants to do for obviously for herself. This is an investment for you, for yourself to be able to be the mom that you're wanting to be. So kind of talk me through that. I really want people to, 
understand the the frequency and why we named it that. I know on our website, which is parenting528.com, we start to distill out and suss out what um, this actually is. And, and, um, and it's the frequency of love is 528. This is my daughter coming in to give me hugs. It's a parenting course, so <laughs> she just had to give me hugs. She loves me. So the frequency of love is 528. And sometimes when we talk about frequency or if you're just getting into this type of work, it can be really confusing or like, great, okay, who cares? So I wanted to make sure on the site that we included, so what is the frequency of emotions that we tend to run from or these bad emotions, right? Low vibe. Um, and shame and guilt and anger, those are all, you know, tw- 20 hertz. And hertz is the standard international unit that we use to measure. It's actually a wave. So if you were to measure a squiggly line, that's a wave. So um, when you're measuring that one unit, it's, that's how it's measured. So you can see that shame is 20 hertz. So we're talking like not very big, right? It's not a high frequency, something that's really has a lot of energy. So you can really see when you feel shame, how do you feel? You feel really heavy, really dense, really slow. This actually affects our being. Like it, it affects our physical being too. When you feel excited or elation or joy, you don't have that same denseness to you. So just explaining it like that, it really gives you a tangible, like a scaffolding to start to hang some of these um, almost difficult concepts to grasp. And um, I mean, if, if our frequency gets too low, just like us as a being, we die. Like when, you, when, you're, when you're dead, your body doesn't have a frequency to it. Cells die when the frequency is too low. So this is why cultivating and experiencing a higher frequency is important even if you don't know the scientific ins or outs to it. Um, so, so I think that that's start, important. Cells start dying at the frequency of 20, which is shame. Right. That's and if you are to hear a frequency actually um, of fear or shame, if you were to like hear anything lower than that, it can actually cause biological distress and destruction to your body, even if it's not audible to your ear. And I thought that that was really interesting because... We're thinking these thoughts all the time. And I want to be very, very, very clear. I am not saying to not think angry thoughts. I'm not saying to not go there. I'm saying we need to have tools in our arsenal and develop the emotional intelligence to say, gosh, I'm in a lot of shame right now. Gosh, I'm feeling angry right now. I'm so mad at my kids right now. And then what do I do next? Because I'm not going to plaster a smile on my face because that's denial and that's just going to eat me alive. Um, What do I do when I don't feel the love? And I just don't think it's taught. It's not modeled for us anywhere. Everyone is running from the truth of how they feel. And there's no bridge to connect you from when you're having a shitty day, when you're feeling those low hurts we just talked about, how do you get out of it? And the only way out is through. What does that look like? And so this course is really going to take you on that journey. 
I also want to hand this topic over to Melissa, but I'll just intro specifically on the topic of shame. So I'm going through this a lot as my children are teenagers right now. Um, but I know this starts at a very young age, um, shame around the topic of sexuality. So that's a big topic of conversation as I have a son who's about to turn 16. And this is kind of that phase of his life where this gets real, like stuff starts to happen and I don't want to be ignorant and not prepared for it. So this is kind of the perfect time for me to be an example of, and and really practicing what I preach, but because shame is the lowest frequency when it comes to the emotional chart, and it happens to be the most damaging, and the first place that we typically start to use shame when it comes to how our children are growing up and the things that they become interested in is sexuality. So I would love to hear from Melissa some some thoughts on that. This is so interesting because I was literally just piecing this apart last night in my own mind. Like orgasmic energy is one of the highest frequencies you can really move into energetically, right? It is the most ecstatic, beautiful creation energy. That is creation energy, orgasmic energy. And yet sexuality is so deeply linked into shame in our culture. Like we can't even sit at a dinner table and have a conversation about sex or penises or vaginas without people being like, you know, like it's like this instantaneous, like taboo topic that we can't even speak about. And yet it is the most beautiful highest, one of the highest frequency energies that we have available on the planet to tap into. And pleasure, like sexual pleasure, is become so tainted and taboo. And so it's gone underground. And then there's all this like really nasty stuff related to sex and sexuality And kids don't even have a space to explore it openly, let alone our parents willing to go there with their children. And so it's such a beautiful opportunity for us to really look at how we can bring this into the light. First of all, with mothers, you know, how many moms are suffering in their sexuality? I see tons of women that can't even allow themselves to have positive sexual experiences. Number one, because they hate their bodies, right? They, they don't even like their body enough to be okay in their nakedness. And this is a huge plague on our planet around women that hate themselves. This is where a lot of disease comes from, this self-hate. And so how do we transform this? Like you were saying, just with the mothers and Andrea first, like how do we reach moms to heal that in themselves so that we can even have these open conversations with our children around their sexuality. And now we're seeing so many kids that are having these different kinds of explorations around their sexuality, because I feel like they're here to teach us to break open everybody's shame and be like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just going to do this thing. And the kids are coming onto the planet. Like, wrecking the old paradigms that have been built from such low frequencies. So here we are 
they're helping us wake up now. And I don't think that we have a choice at this point. It's like we either get to wake up and evolve and let the children help us lead the way and stand side by side with them, or we keep fighting and we keep struggling and we keep trying to hide and repress. And we all know where that leads, not not to happiness, not to joy, not to pleasure, not to freedom and all the places that each human being definitely has a desire to, to be. I have like chills on every centimeter of my body. <laughs> Blair, did you? I'm just soaking this oh, all up as I'm listening to all of you guys. I guess my question then really is like, I'm getting ready to sign up for this and I'm hearing all of this. And so essentially what it would be is that it, this is a course that's really walking me through doing my own release and healing work of the things that I've been holding on to and how I'm showing up from within old stories that maybe like I've held from like how my parents taught me or how society's taught me and how to basically start stripping that all away and releasing out any shame or judgment or the shoulds, the, the I should be doing this as a mom because this is what everybody else told me to do. Correct. So specifically, we're going to be teaching on aligning with the frequency of love, which is the most healing frequency of the universe before we take new action in parenting so that we're coming from a high healing frequency, whether it's when it's time to praise our child or it's time to correct them and to offer a new boundary. We're going to be off or we're going to be talking about healing generational wounds surrounding the old paradigm parenting, which I think is being stripped away. Like what, like what Melissa was saying, it's being stripped away, whether we like it or not by the children that are being born today. It's wild to see how many children, especially around the topic of sexuality are, um, I mean, we see it all over the place. Like, look at our bathrooms. They don't say man and woman anymore. So, like, it's even if just looking at Target, which is like a very, very traditional type of company, and they're changing the labels on their doors, like, shit's happening. So, the parents better get on board. Um, We're going to talk about reframing your parenting history. We're going to talk about how you interact with your children. Um, offering some different tools to increase your confidence in your parenting. We're also going to talk about how you can live in a state of calm and alignment, which is going to affect everything. Like pretty much everything we teach in this course is specifically targeted towards parenting because that's what we felt called to teach on, but could be applied to any relationship, whether it be marriage, business, doesn't matter. Um, So teaching you how to live more in alignment, teaching you how to draw boundaries that support you and your children. So it's not just one or the other Um, and support both of your alignment specifically. When we say alignment, that means that when you're operating in, um, when you're operating and making decisions that feel correct for you based off of your intuition, you're aligned with like your soul's highest good. We want to teach you how to align with your soul's highest good and your soul's knowing. And we want to teach you how to teach your children how to align with theirs so that everybody can be operating based on what's best for their soul and teach you how to honor that. And I think that like, it's been easy for me to honor that for my children. Um, It was harder for me to honor that for my husband. So we're definitely going to talk about relationships with spouses or significant others in the course as well. Um, We're going to talk about 
shifting into a daily uh, into a state of daily parenting with ease. We're going to talk about increasing your understanding of living in alignment with love that serves you and everyone in your family. And then um, we're going to talk about experiencing energetic shifts just from tuning into your own information. So that's um, kind of the overall gist of what you'll get in the course. If you guys go to parenting528.com, you'll see the specifics of what we'll talk about every single week. There's going to be a module once a week. And then there's also going to be two Q&A sessions where you guys can get on and and ask us questions live. Um, And then of course, you guys get the recordings and then any new information that we might add on to the course later. But actually the people who join the course now will be the only people who get to experience it live, which is I always feel like is the most fun when you get to experience the the recordings as they're happening. I think the energy is a little bit different. Well, I'm loving all of this. I, and I thank you for like breaking it completely down because some of the things that started, you started bringing up were things that I was thinking about is the the parenting aspect when it comes to your spouse and what to do when your spouse is on one side and you're on another. And like, how does that work when you're raising your children? Or for me, what I... I'm dealing with is I'm also co-parenting with my ex-husband, my teenager. And to be quite honest, like as much as I've tried to make things as amicable as possible so that we can have a good co-parenting relationship, he's not always as super receptive of doing that. So like, I love that you guys are even talking just about like how you're interworking with your spouse or maybe somebody you're co-parenting with that I feel like that just adds an extra layer of possible um, hurdles when you're trying to raise your children a certain way. And I think I saw that, Jessica, you're you're co-parenting with your five-year-olds. Right. And so um, her dad has a girlfriend and I'm living with my boyfriend of three years. And so we all get along like one big happy family. We all don't live together, thank God. Um, but we've established a really amazing, mutually respectful relationship. Um, And it does take two people to be able to tango in that beautiful sense. But even if the other party isn't willing, um, over the last four years of trial and error with her dad and what we've been able to move through and how I approach the situation, um, I think even with Melissa, because um, she has an ex too that she co-parents with with her children, So with the two of us, we can really um, offer a lot of perspectives. And I know that family units, I mean, even registering Scarlett for kindergarten this fall, you know, Rick and I are building a custom house in a new subdivision. So I had to call and I'm like, well, you know, he bought the house, but he's not her stepdad, but she has a different last name than me. Like I had to explain the whole situation and um, they were really amazing about it. But we love that this parenting course is inclusive of so many different family types because sometimes it does get a little sticky. And I know even for me, um, you know, being a single mom when I was with a, you know, 11, 12 month old child, I mean, I never thought I would chart those waters to being able to help all different types of parents and no matter where they all are in their journey has really been my goal all along. A question too, that now is coming up for me as you're saying this is, I feel like I know personally for me, um, 
So I have a 17 year old and then my son is um, seven and a half and my spiritual awakening really has been really, I would say since I really, my son really was the trigger because I was in such bad postpartum depression after having him that it really, that's, that was the turning point. That was like the breakdown that became the breakthrough for me and kind of got me moving forward into where I'm at now. So I feel like over these last seven years, I've really been able to evolve and my parenting style has definitely shifted. And I feel like with him, it's been different. Whereas my 17 year old, she went through the first six. Well, I got divorced from her dad when she was like four years old. I was a single mom for a lot of years. And there was a lot of turmoil going on for much of her life growing up. And I remember feeling And I feel like some moms could maybe relate to this as they're hearing this and they know that this is why they want to get the courses. They want to, you know, learn how to be able to show up better as a mom and be able to help their children is that I felt like, how much can I rewrite the past with her? I literally started freaking out a lot, like thinking like, oh my gosh, I like screwed up so much the very first foundational years with her and like how to better even help her see that I've shifted in my parenting style, because that was a shift for her. I was showing up one way for a lot of years. And mm-hmm. now I'm showing up. I think up it's really, yeah, I think it's really important to start to even have these, having these open conversations with our children. I know in my private coaching, I coach a lot of parents who much have this awakening, much like you've explained. Um, Scarlett was too young to know anything that was going on. Um, prior, my parenting has shifted as I've learned these conscious behaviors, but I know that it is so important for us to be able to say, Hey, I've really learned this new thing and apologize where needed. Um, I grew up thinking, Oh, when I'm an adult, I guess I just know how to do everything perfectly because there is no apologizing going on. There's no like, man, I really messed up back there. Um, and then when I became an adult and didn't have the answers, then I, then the panic really hit because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling all this, you know, all the low vibes. And I thought once I was an adult, I would have it figured out because I, I really didn't have parents that were apologizing or didn't say, gosh, mommy really messed up back there. So I think um, establishing trust, and this is one of the last modules, is how do you establish this communication um, lay the groundwork or have scaffolding so that there are open doors, number one, so that there is trust built, number two. And um, I think this is also like a dissemination of this hierarchy of like, I'm the superior, I'm the parent, shut up and do what I say. You know, this is like such an old paradigm and so many people are still operating in it. Um, but we need to, and this is also serves in twofold. One, it will obviously open the doors for communication. But two, when we have this hierarchy, this superiority structure going on, there's an idolization that happens. And when we idolize someone, what do we do with idolization or worship towards both our, you know, our parent or, I don't know, an influencer, a figure? We are so enamored with people pleasing them that we forsake ourselves. So age appropriate as our children get older, it's really important to not so much put ourselves on a pedestal and they're the stupid kids down there, but to say we're, we're equals. There's a definite role, you know, that I play, there's a role you play, but I don't want you to pine after me or look to me in such a way with 
the googly eyes or the mesmerized because I'm the parent that you forsake your own inner knowing because that what is the point of that here? Right. So having this trust established and having this open communication of, Hey, I really messed up there. I'm still learning every day. Like you, those are probably some of the most amazing words that I continually say to Scarlett. Um, and one of her things, whenever I mess up, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I totally just messed that up. Scarlett, I can't tell you how many times she's five. We'll put her arm around me and say, that's okay, mommy. Mistakes are how we learn. And it's almost like just on repeat, she knows. And I, I didn't grow up knowing that. I was a straight-A student. I was a perfectionist with my body, with my sports. I had to be the MVP. I had to be the captain of the team. I wanted to do it all. I got scholarships for athlete, you know, my volleyball, my athleticism. I got scholarships for my academics. I didn't know that I could just chill the fuck out. I didn't know that I could sit the fuck down, and I didn't know it was okay to fail. So... I think that we need to just check our superiority and this like entitlement of like, you will respect me because I'm your parent. I think we really need to, you know, establish that relationship because if our husband said that or our partner said that or our best friends or any business partner said that, we would all be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you got to work for that trust. You have to establish it. So I think um, starting to just be more conscious and aware um, and teaching the forgiveness aspect to your daughter, mm-hmm. this is how she's going to learn it by seeing you say, you know what? I am a human. And as long as I have air in my lungs, I'm going to be making mistakes on the regular and mistakes are how we learn. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I asked Madison and Jackson before we decided to make it public that we're going to do this course, I was like, um, are you guys okay with this? Because I don't want to be out of integrity and think like I'm nailing it here. And you guys are like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about yourself <laughs> real quick. <laughs> so, so I asked them, I said, if there were areas where you could tell me like where I needed to improve and areas where you could tell me that I was doing really well, like give me some feedback here and whatever you guys say, like it's off the record. It's not, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I genuinely want to know. And I think I've done a good enough job where I've created a safe space of honesty with my kids for many, many, many years now that they really were, did give me an opportunity. And they're they're like, look, mom, you're not perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. And I'm like, okay, great. I taught them that (laughs) because I believe in humility, because I believe in apologizing when I wasn't perfect. And I remember years when Madison was little where I was so afraid that she was going to hurt herself through food because I like bought into the idea that like everything was going to kill us. Like GMOs was going to kill us. If it wasn't organic, it was going to kill us. If it was normal craft ranch, it was definitely going to kill us. McDonald's is going to kill us. Everybody's going to get like, I was living in such a perpetual state of fear that I definitely I think did some harm with her because she was like, I want pizza and I want burgers. And she would go out with Nana and Papa and they'd take her to McDonald's. And so I had to humble myself so many times and I'm still humbling myself with that particular topic with her. I think I did. That's going to take me a while to, to correct that, but showing the humility and showing our growth and our expansion has been so beautiful for our children to watch because they're going to have to go through it. So if we don't set the example of what that should look like, then how will they know 
how to do it themselves when it's their turn. And it's going to be our turn for the rest of our lives because that's what we're here for. We're here to grow. We're here to learn. We're here to expand. So I think the other thing that that they said was, um, aside from the fact that they're like, I really can't think of anything that you do wrong. I'm like, you guys are lying. <laughs> but the the compliment that they gave was, you give us permission to be ourselves and you don't judge it. And they said that I don't see other parents do that. Other parents want you to be how they want you to be. And that's something really important to me because I see it in, you know, friends and peers. And I even caught myself like questioning my own parenting um, with my neighbor who is very much like my children will be like all-star soccer players and they have to be straight A's and they have to go to college and like all of the traditional things that I think most parents are still operating by, which we're trying to shift that conversation and allow our children to make their own correct decisions for them. But I started questioning like, am I being a bad mom by not forcing them to like do more. And I caught myself so fast. I was like, I almost threw up when I thought the thought. I was like, this, I'm allergic to this thought. I can't even believe it flowed through my head. But it was perfect in that I realized that I truly, truly do not believe that anymore. And if all I ever teach my children would be two things. Number one, you're worthy just simply because you are for no other reason, just because you're in a physic in physical form, you're worthy because of that. That's it. And number two, the answer is inside, not outside. And if all I ever teach them is how to point them back to themselves, when when my kids now come to me and they're like, mom, aren't you so proud that I got a good grade on this project? My first question to them is, are you proud? Does this make you proud? Does this make you happy? Stop trying to please me. That's not what this life is about. Do you feel good about what you just did? And I really, truly want them to not see me on that pedestal of feeling they have to, like they have to make me happier, that they have to make me proud. I'm here to be that guide, not that dictator. I want them to walk out of my house believing that they can do anything that they want, that the answer is already inside of them, and they're fucking worthy just because they have the desire. That's it. And that what's I- amazing, I, I so agree. And what's amazing is, Imagine a being, a human, or imagine you, whoever the listener is, imagine yourself operating in a business or a relationship that you didn't want to do. Like your parents were forcing you to play this sport, be this, do this. What would that feel like to you? You know, imagine if you were forced into a relationship or whenever you're operating where you have zero inspiration inside, it feels really, really clunky. You know, it feels really awkward and um, not in that state of flow, which even if you're not super duper spiritual or woo woo, you know what flow feels like, you know what not flow feels like, right? So what if you took your child and you allowed them to germinate or receive the inspiration and then they found that which they felt called to do, whatever that was, play ping pong, um, knit, Uh, work on the top ends of Harleys, whatever that is, if we are being honest, do we want our children to be in force or flow? Do we want them to be feeling that joy that, to be honest, in my six years of coaching, that's what everyone is like, how do I get the joy? How do I get the love? How do I get that thing? We all know what that thing is we're searching for. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be anywhere where you're forcing it. And so 
when we're, this takes real consciousness, you know, you can't be unconscious going through life, um, to really start to distill these things out. So, you know, if we're looking at Andrea and she's looking at her not making her children be the star soccer player and what would they do? Where will they go? What will really bubble up from within, which is their idea, their alignment? What is their passion and how do you help grow that? And I'll tell you what, you're going to live a life. Our children will live a life that is so much more satisfying satisfying for them living it and us to watch. Have you ever been around someone where like they're talking about something that they love and like, I don't even like working on cars, but if I see some person talking about cars and it just lights them up, I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm, I'm experiencing their love and joy in real time. Now, if you take someone who's talking about cars like me, I, I don't give two shits about cars. Um, I don't care about the car I drive. I don't, my car is a mess inside. I just do like, I, if I cared less, I might die about cars. So if you <laughs> made me talk about cars because my parents told me I had to be a car person, my whole life is going to be really, really painful. And so in order for us to translate this onto how we parent, We really have to be honest with ourselves. And this is why I always say you can't take your child any further. You can't parent any further than you've already taken yourself in your own journey. Because this takes, in order to not make Scarlett do shit she hates, I have to sit down and be like, am I, what shoulds and rules am I operating by? Am I actually living my life? I wrote this last night and haven't posted on social media yet, but I was thinking when we were younger, we were all like, I don't know if you told your parents, but we were all like, I can't wait till I'm older. I get to do whatever I want. Are we? Like, are we? I mean, we literally, and I was laughing because like, we can do whatever we want. Most of us are going to be staying in. I'm going to be in my pajamas by 7 p.m., right? But like, we literally can do whatever we want. So are we? And I really want us to be able to do that in order for me to have a child that moves through life like that. I can't be wanting something for her that I haven't capitalized on myself. Melissa, I know like this is a pedestal that you like to kind of stand and preach from when it comes to um, our desire and then our actions associated with that desire to help our children become successful. And the current picture in most people's minds right now is success means that you have money. So you're safe financially, but you also might have high cholesterol and be (laughs) stressed the fuck out. Like I'm going to just hand this particular topic over to you. I think there's a couple parts to it. And the first one is, and like what, we're going to really address in this course is like having parents look at their own fear, right? We project fear onto our children so much unconsciously. And unless we can hold a space of, of faith and hope for our children, then we start to control because fear is a really controlling energy. Control comes through fear. And so when we believe oh my gosh, they're not going to be successful. They're not going to be able to make it unless we sign up for all the courses that the other kids are doing and take them to all these sports. 
that's fear. Like what you were saying with your neighbors, like there's so many things that most people are doing to make sure that their kids are going to be successful because we've been programmed on some level to have fear that they're not going to be. What if we held the space of faith and hope for our children? And like Jess was talking about, we surround them in a container in a nurturing container of that where they can naturally evolve, open, and unravel the truth of who they are and have them find it from the inside out instead of shoving all these things onto them that we believe is going to make them successful. And like what you're saying, what is success? To me, it's happiness. It's really being able to embody that which brings you pure joy in every area of your life. And how the heck are our kids supposed to figure that out if we're like, got to get straight A's, got to be the head of the soccer team, got to play an instrument, got to do this. They don't even have time. There is no time or space or a loving container for them to be able to reflect inside. How about stopping with your kids? How do you feel right now in this moment? When do we ask our kids to look within in the school day? Where's the pause for them to be able to really move inside of themselves and know who they are, what they feel, what are they thinking? There's none of that happening. And so what we're providing in this course is a way for us to have parents start to look at their own fears and their own programming so that we can transform that more and more. And like we're saying, this is an ongoing process, but the more we are at work with ourselves doing this, the more of a container we can hold for our children to be able to do this for themselves and to be the truth of who they are, figure out why they're meant, meant to be here without us shoving ideas down their throat that may not resonate with them at all, but it's, it's force. And so that's what I'm really hoping that parents will get out of this course. And one more thing I want to say before I go, this is going to be an awesome course too for parents that have those super sensitive kids, kids with special needs, kids that are outside of the box naturally. And again, it's just like the sexuality thing. There's so many of these kids coming on the planet to push the limits and push the boxes and push the ideas around what is supposed to be normal because these kids are teachers. They're coming in as teachers. And so the parents often don't know what to do with them. And it's like, oh my God, we better medicate them and get all these things so that they can fit into the box. What about how do we let these kids lead the way? Mm, I love that so much. And I, it, it's funny because you brought up like a paradigm that I didn't even connect until you said it the way you did. But when we're operating with this assumption that if our children don't put checks in, a check in this specific box, getting straight A's, making sure that they're good on a sport, making sure that they get into college, all of these traditional things that we think bring success, then they'll fail in their adult years. And then we failed them. And it's like, it's like 
as soon as we have a child, it's almost like you're, you take on that generational fear of, I have to start doing this now. And it's happening earlier and earlier with children, like starting at two or three years old, what school are we going to get them into? Because we're operating from an assumption of fear that if they don't do X, Y, and Z, they will fail in their adult years. Mm -hmm. And then it's my fault. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, wow. I see that get just like step right into that role. Don't we? I see that get triggered in my husband like so much with certain things. Like, cause obviously we're dealing with two ends of the spectrum right now. We have one that we're literally prepping for her senior year and getting her all prepared. And so my, my husband is very much the, you know, he played all the sports. He went to college. He did all the things. He was straight A. He graduated like second in his class, but those were all things that were very naturally driven for him. He, He's a little manifesting generator. He's got tons of energy. Hey, he's very multifaceted, very multi-talented. He wants to do all of the things. And that was his high school experience. Whereas my daughter, that's just not, she is very driven, but it's not in the same fashion. And so she's not like, not very college driven. She's going to be doing community college, but not like a, the, you know, the typical four-year college. And there's certain things that he will start to get triggered by because she just like, Like she stopped doing track because she wanted to be able to just focus on school and work. And he was like, well, why didn't she do track again? She really loves track. And I'm like, just because you loved having a gigantically full plate in high school and working and school and and the sports and that fueled you doesn't mean that that's what fuels her. Like we can't put what, what worked for you in high school and put that on her because of how you operated or even as simple as like my youngest Easter day, we got into this. Landon did not want to get dressed up. He just doesn't want to get dressed up. But Kyle, my husband, wanted him to get dressed up. And it just started turning this massive argument. And I came out and then like my husband's looking at me like, make him get dressed up. And I'm like, why does he have to get dressed up? Like, what's the, like, tell me why? Well, because it's a holiday and he should get dressed up. I'm like, no, but why? Like, what really is this coming down to? And it finally, my husband just owned the fact that he started taking, it was a reflection on him. That if we came to his parents' house and he was just dressed in his like, you know, uh, play clothes, then it was like somehow a reflection on him. Even though his parents would never say a thing, even though like they don't really care, he somewhere has it inside of him that like, Landon has to dress a certain way when we're in public or at certain occasions. And if he's not dressed that way, then all of a sudden they're looking at him. Like, what kind of dad are you to allow him to be dressed like this at this social event? We forsake our children because we're afraid of criticism from our peers and our family. Yes. I've done it. So I'm like, (laughs) I've been the mom that's like, you have to get dressed up. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I've definitely done that. I was like, you can't wear that, like everything. And then I've realized, like, I'm like, who cares? Like, yeah. I'm the who cares mom. (laughs) I'm the who cares mom. Scarlett wore her bathrobe to gymnastics today that has like a unicorn hood on it. I love it. And I go, are you, I'm like, you need to get a jacket on. It's a little bit chilly. And she got that on. I'm like, that's what you're wearing to gymnastics. She's like, yep. I'm like, all right, let's go. Um, because in every, for instance, you know, every thing, it always is, I'm afraid of what someone would think. And I've worked through this and this is where parenting, it's not really about the child. When you learn how to deal with your own shit, 
you learn how to deal with your child's shit and guide them to deal with their own shit. So like this whole journey is really um, abandoning all the should. And if you were to really ask your husband after the anger and like, you know, the emotional thing diffused, if you were to say, is the point of this whole thing we're doing here, clothing, what other people think, or is it happiness? Mm. You know, so really being able to distill it down after the emotions kind of recede is really important. I love that you specified that because I think that if you take anything away from that comment, it's after the emotions calm down. Because when you're in a low frequency, when it comes to your emotions, it's hard to think clearly. And we all know that. Um, I'm what you call a switcher. I just learned this from my session with Leanne, my energetic session. And she said, um, when you get into a low frequency emotion, your brain turns off. And I'm like, yep. And that like when my husband and I argue, he likes to ask me specific questions of like, well, when did I do that? And what did I do exactly? And I'm like, I know you did something, but I can't fucking remember what it was right now. <laughs> and my brain switches off and he knows it and he uses it against me. So it's like, those are the times where like, I have to pull myself away and I have to give him the same latitude of when it calms down, then we can choose how to operate from a frequency of love. And I think like yes. that's why we created this course. So if you guys want to check it out, um, go to parenting528.com and we do have pre-sale pricing going on until May 5th. After May 5th, um, our pricing will go up and then we start the weekend after Mother's Day so or the week after Mother's Day. So this is kind of a perfect gift to you know celebrate us being mothers. Um, this is a course that's open to women and men. So if you want to sign up and have your husband, if he's like down with it, please, like if you guys could get on the same page, even better. That's amazing. Um, so men are welcome too. I know somebody did ask a, a couple questions that I've been got, um, asked it. Can my husband do it with me? Is it like the same price for both of us? Yes. If, if you sign up, you and your husband come together. We want to see parents do this together. Or, you know, you're, if it's a um, significant other, whatever, whoever is parenting that child for sure. Um, it's going to take place in a Facebook group. So that's where all the training will happen. So we've we're going to cultivate this very safe, nurturing community for people to be able to ask questions, get support from each other. I think one of my favorite things to do is cultivate community where you can feel safe to be vulnerable, where you can feel safe to celebrate and other people want to celebrate with you. When you're having a bad day, you'll have a community of people to lift you up. We all have bad days. If I didn't have Justin, Melissa, and Blair, when I've had like raw parenting days, like I did last week, I called all my friends. I'm like... <laughs> I emergency called Melissa. I never call her without pre-scheduling it. But when the phone <laughs> rang, I'm sure she's like, shit, this is a real emergency. I better answer this. <laughs> but I'll talk a little bit more about that in the course because um, it, it is a little bit of more private information. But that is the space where we'll be able to have some more of those, um, you know, intimate conversations with each other. And I think that 
honestly, like the information is going to be incredible, incredibly valuable, but having a community of people that are choosing to operate in this new lifestyle that can support you as you make these shifts, it's not easy to shift belief and you will get challenged as you do. And it sounds so beautifully are so beautiful and lovely when you hear it and then you try to actually execute it and it's like, that did not go perfectly. Fuck, what do I do now? That's what the group is for. So you guys are going to have that available to you. Like I said, we're getting started after Mother's Day. Also, we've had people ask, um, what if I'm not a parent yet? Yes, like what better way to to kick off being a parent to already be prepared. Yes, you can use this information for other relationships and start applying it to your life right now. Get really good at at it now before you come a parent. I couldn't imagine a better way to start parenting. Um, And then let's see, did I miss any other of like the main questions that people, we do have a payment plan. A couple, yeah, we have a payment plan. And um, if you have adult children, um, I know that once your children are grown, sometimes it can get a little bit tricky to navigate, especially if you haven't had this information available to you until now. And truth be told, I'll say this on this podcast, I'm 35 and I wish my mom would take this course. I mean, and I grew up in a great home. I really did. There was no abuse, um, but it's just such amazing information that truly I wish my, I wish my mom would take my own course and that sounds crazy, but, um, and I'm 35. So as a, you know, as one of the course teachers for me to say that, um, if my mom now who is 68 started using some of these principles with me when I'm grown with my own child, I would be, um, elated to say, to say the least. Yeah. I love that so much. I'm glad you brought that up. Somebody did message me this morning and ask about that as well. Um, what else? Yeah, your children of any age is it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think even people that are in um, their step parents, things like that. I think any any way that you are, I think even like teachers. I think about that, like teachers mm-hmm. that are with children, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I, I feel like there's just so many ways that this can benefit and just like, just like, it's such a great course, no matter what, even if you don't have kids, like if you're around kids, working with kids, guiding children, anything like, and I'm going to ask you guys to, if you feel like you learned something that changed you in any way where you realize like, okay, I do need to make a shift and this is really interesting to me. Will you share this podcast? Because I know that so many people have come to me and they're like, I've been waiting for this, but there's so many people that don't even know it exists. And the only way that we can start to shift this conversation so that our children can grow up feeling safer, feeling more worthy, knowing how to tap into their own intuition because we're teaching them through example. So many of the things that really truly will give them a better chance at a longer life of happiness, please share this. Please share this. Um, I know we've already had so many people saying like, holy crap, I have this huge Facebook group where we talk about parenting. There's so many moms in there. I can't wait to share this. Like so many people have already started. So thank you guys if you've already done that for us. Um, Share this podcast, share the website. If you're going to join us, send us a little DM on Instagram so that we can celebrate you and appreciate you. And yeah, we'll get started the weekend. We accidentally actually scheduled this for the week after Mother's Day, by the way, but it was so perfect how that aligned. (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't even realize we did that until you said that. I was like, oh, <laughs> no wonder it kept getting postponed before the launch. Right. All right, ladies. Well, thank you guys for jumping on with me. Thank you, Blair, for interviewing me. I will get better at being interviewed and <laughs> not taking <laughs> over. Uh, I love you guys. Please go ahead and um, click, share, rate, and review this podcast, and we will hang with you next week.